Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good tevach, a good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This uh, program is dedicated and memory of Rav Yesuf Halevi Weinberg, Olav HaShalom, Rav Moshe Pinchas HaKoyen Katz, Olav HaShalom, and Rav Yel HaKoyen Khan, Olav HaShalom. It's also in the schus and merit of Rav Zev Yecheskel HaKoyen and Risha Katz, Le'edich Yom V'Shanim Tevis, for many long, healthy years. It's also an honor of the wedding of Lani and Mendel Megalnik on the Yutas Elul this past week, as well as a happy birthday to Pinchas Tadras Altos. And finally, the program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC. Okay. So we are in the closing lines of chapter 8 in Tanya. Speak, we spoke about secular wisdom as part of the context of the Alter Rebbe's discussion of our engagement with the material world and how we not just are not consumed by it and impacted by it, but how we elevate it and refine it and elevate it and direct it and align it toward the divine purpose for which existence was created. However, we need to understand that the material world and its tug and its pull and its effect on us does have polluting elements, toxins, what's called klippa, tuma, the spiritual impurities of a world that's not aware of godliness. Kedusha is something that is completely aware and directed toward what God wants. In simple English, the architect of creation, the cosmic engineer said, this is why I created a piece of food for you to eat it properly, kosher food, with a barakha, that's taking a material object and aligning it toward what Hashem wants. Then there are things that are mamash kedusha lechatchila, mitzvah. The mitzvah, let's say, the Purant film, the mitzvah keeping Shabbos. And then there are things that are forbidden, that they're there for us to avoid. And all these scenarios the Alter Rebbe has been addressing in the last few chapters since we began, in chapter 6, 7, and now 8, three chapters dedicated to engaging with this material world and all its forms. Klippasnega is something like I just said, food, the neutral things we do, which we can align, or, God forbid, the other direction, not align it to what God wants. And Shalshtipsatmeis, which is completely off limits, there the toxins are too powerful for us to engage with, and that's why we avoid it. And that too elevates it by avoiding it. Then there's the process of tshuva, how we transform it, even if, God forbid, somebody did transgress. But we've discussed that back in chapter chapter 6, 7. Now we're in the end of chapter 8, where the Alter Rebbe was giving many scenarios, both in things that we do in our actions and in our words, and now in our thoughts, our mind, which is secular wisdom that we're addressing now, that has the power to pollute a person because it's focused not on what God wants. Even if it's mathematics, even if it's physics, science, 
We're not talking about something forbidden. But it's bitl teda because it's not directed toward godliness. And we discussed in the last classes that its impact is even stronger than the impact of just dvarim betalim, for example. Wasted words. Worthless conversations. Because there it only affects, like he said, affects our words and affects our feelings, our emotions. But here it goes to the mind. And the mind is a far more superior faculty within the person. So it's metama, like we said, chabad. We also discussed last week how do these chachmas come into how do they come into being in the first place? Remember, it's wisdom that we're not talking about folly. We're talking about wisdom of understanding God's mind. Doesn't mean you're focusing on the God part in the mind, but it is God understanding the, the, the laws of nature. That's what medicine is, that's what science is. However, it also has an aspect that it can ignore the purpose of these wisdoms, which is to serve God. So how is that possible? So he said, because So we discussed the three terms. When something falls, means it's not aligned. You know, when something smoothly flows, you don't say it fell. When it falls, there's like a disalignment, a certain type of break, a crack, a, a split. Shvira Sakelem, we discussed the shattering of the containers, the spiritual concept of dissonance, where the energy in the containers are not aligned. And that's the world of Tayu. And finally, where it all originates, So the wisdom comes from God, like all wisdom comes from the source, from God. God created wisdom, and the wisdom reflects God's mind. But then there's how wisdom goes through Ishtashalus, there's a level of the backside, because that's the whole structure of Ishtashlis, is a process, and things get diminished. So as things become, as they flow, so the backside of it, and from that backside came the nefila of the Shvira Sarkelim, and hence, we can have a wisdom on earth that's not connected to directly. We could connect it, that's what we're going to learn now, but on its own, it's possible to become severed, at least to some extent, and not aligned with the purpose of that wisdom. The truth is this can be applied to everything in the klippus, the general klippus. Why the Alter Rebbe chooses to first mention Shvira Sarkelem and Acharaim Shal Shama here, that needs to be looked into. But the truth is the very fact that there's klippa altogether is also a sign of some concealment. Because if everything is aligned to, to, with God and God is Eneid Malvade, there's nothing but godliness, how is there possible room for something to be defy God? Or at least not to be aligned with God? So that needs a tzimtzum, it needs a concealment, and it needs a process, like we just described, of nefila and shvira sakelim, and coming from the backside until you can see in a world that is not aligned. That it's like anything, you don't wander off if you're traveling on a path. You don't suddenly get lost in the woods. It's a small, you make a small little wrong turn. And then you continue, and you continue, and then suddenly, you're, suddenly, after a while, you're lost. The same thing here. The Gedusha flows in the higher worlds, according to we Kabbalah and Chassidus explain it, it's totally Gedusha. Not Silas, everything is united with godliness. It, then it comes into Bria, then into Yitzira, and then Tasia. And you add all the other stuff, the Acharayim part, which is this, the backside. So it's even more diminishment. 
and an afila of Shreda Sarkalim. So you add all that up, and you finally have a reality that can be not aligned or even defy godliness. And as such, it has that power to be toxic. This is essentially the explanation how Klippas come in the first place. Truth is, it would be good to go back when the Alter Rebbe first introduced the concept of Klippas, back in chapter um, 6 and 7, to see if he used those words. I believe he also used some of these words. Let me just look for a moment. You can look together if you're following inside. So he spoke about Zelo Umaza in the beginning of chapter six, uh, chapter six. The Alter Rebbe said, I'm just, "I'm just reading it inside. Just give me a moment." Zelo Umaza Asalikim. So just like there's a nefesh alikiz, there's a the, the nefesh of sitra achred meklipas nega. So there, the main focus was the sitra achre, that it's not sadak dusha, that was the other side. Which means, and I was, we discussed it then, the side that's concealed. I don't recall that the, Rebbe, that the Alter Rebbe went into the details. Oh, yes, he did. This is what I was looking for. So in chapter 6, the Alter Rebbe said, So there we discussed also how did Klippa get its energies also from the backside. So that's the, the common denominator we're speaking about here. So everything I just summed up is actually from chapter 6. So actually much more elaboration. So exactly those words, that the energy diminished more and more, to the point that it's like a state of exile, of displacement in that object. So it's sustaining it. But how could it sustain something that is not directly linked and does not have divine consciousness because of the symptomen, the concealments? And that's what allows for the Elam Hazard to be created. And that's called Maisa Elam Hazard. That all the involvements of this world are, all the matters and affairs of this world are difficult and harsh and, and evil. And the wicked prosper, the wicked dominate. How is that possible? Because it's all coming through all this whole process of concealment after concealment and coming from Acharaim, which is the backside. But further, when it comes to Chachmeh, how does it apply to secular wisdom? The same idea. It's also part of this world. But now we're talking about the Chachmah, the Chabad. So that came from Acharayim of Chachmah de Gdusha. So, so I want to just correct myself when I said what wasn't said earlier was the Shvira Sakelim part. But the Tzimtzumim and all of that, that whole process was absolutely described in chapter 6. To look more, maybe there are some more hints to it. But the point is, let's go back to where we are now. So we discussed what secular wisdom is and in context, essentially, of everything that's secular. 
When I say secular, I mean mundane, not holy. And that too can go in both directions. And now the Alter Rebbe, consistent, consistent with what he said earlier, since we're not talking about Shalosh Kripsat Meyes, which are absolutely forbidden, and their elevation is only either when Mashiach comes, when all the toxins will be eliminated, or through Tshuva Ma'ava, that can extract those sparks with their sheer power of the love and connection and thirst that the soul has reached through that darkness. So we're talking about Klippas Nega. However, Klippas Nega that has impacted the mind. So it, it's, it has a toxic element. What's the toxic element? That it, doesn't, it takes you away from the purpose of your existence. Like I gave the example of the astronaut. And I want to thank some of you that wrote to me and said that it really opened up how to understand this whole idea. That it's not just all these negative things that I was talking about. It's basically taking away from our mission. And that already is a, pro- is a serious problem. More than an actual transgression. In addition to the bitl tail, but what is it really? It's taking away from the mission, like an astronaut flying to space with a mission, and he suddenly gets distracted to do other things. But since it's klippas nega, we learned earlier, it could also be elevated. Just like when you eat a piece of food for your own indulgence, we know you could also eat it l'shem shamayim. So now the Alter Rebbe is going to conclude the Pedic that everything we said till now which is that, that about, about uh, Chochmes HaUmes, with secular wisdom, that, that, that can contaminate, because it's Shonofu Shom B'Shvidus HaKelim, B'Chinus HaKhanayim Shal Chochmet D'Gdusha, Ki Yidua L'Yei Dechein, the last lines we learned, as it's known to those that are involved in the study of Kabbalah. So now he continues, Eleim Kain, and here's the exception, that this, that we've talked about secular knowledge and secular wisdom will contaminate the mind, Elim Cain, unless unless the person uses it as a spade with which to dig, a shovel. This is an expression from the Mishnah and Pekiyavis, Pekdal of Mishnah Hay, 4 5. To use it as a spade to dig with. So let's just use the example, understand the example well. When you need to dig a pit, or you need to plow the earth, you take a shovel, because the shovel is an instrument. There's no way, you can do it with your hands, but you need something that will allow you to easily dig up. Now, the shovel is only an instrument. It's only a means to an end. If someone starts saying, let's, let's worship the shovel, let's study the laws of shoveling, you may need to know that to know, know to not a shovel, but it's not an end. If you know all the laws of shoveling, you know how to shovel and all that, and you have even a shovel, and you don't actually go and shovel the earth for the purpose of whatever that reason we're shoveling the earth, then what's the point of the spade? So the, the Al-Tareb is bringing this expression to say that Unless a person, when all the secular wisdom, and I said exception, I didn't mean a, a far out exception. It means that all that we said is unless he uses it as a spade with which to dig. And the Rebbe explains what that means, the Hainu, namely, what does it mean in our case? With a shovel and a spade, it's to dig a hole in the ground. What does it mean in our context? He says, that you're using the wisdom, you're studying in order to earn a comfortable livelihood, 
Berevach Lavid Hashem. I should read the whole thing. Hainu Kedeli Sparnas Men Berevach Lavid Hashem. To earn a comfortable livelihood. Berevach. Which means more than just the necessity. Revach is the word for profit, means more than the necessity, comfortable. Laved Hashem. So, in order to be able to worship God, that's one scenario. Now, let's explain what that means and why the Alter Rebbe used, adds the word Berevach. What would be missing if he said, Lispanus? I'm studying the wisdom to be able to support myself and my family. And when I can do that, then I can serve God. So, what it means is that the person is studying, let's say, math or accounting. I'm just using that as an example. It could be other things. In order to know the rules of business, so you can run, a, a, so you can be successful. So you can make money in order to support himself. And when he has that money, what does he do? He's able to serve God properly. If a person is struggling, and can't make ends meet, it disturbs the person, doesn't have the menuchas hanefesh, he doesn't have the peace of mind to be able to daven, to learn, and do other things to serve God. Can he do it anyway? He can. So what he's saying here, so, this, so why you, so, why, so any of the secular wisdom that's come your way is simply a spade. It's a tool, it's an instrument. Just like you have a car and you have to drive to work. The car is not an end in itself. You learn to drive in order to get to where you need to get to. And where you get to is you drive to shul on a weekday. Or you drive to work to make money in order to be able to support your family and be able to serve God again. So all these are instruments very similar to what we learned earlier about Klippus Nega. You eat. We eat because the body needs food. But when you eat L'Shem Shemaim, what's the point? That when you're eating, you're getting strength. When you have the strength, you can sit and learn Torah properly. You can daven properly. You can do a mitzvah. You can help others. So essentially, it's a means to an end. That's the kardim lachtachba. And that's why I asked to worship God, not just parnosa. To study just to make parnosa, you could say, what's wrong with that itself? Supporting your family. But the Alter Rebbe wants to bring in the godliness in it. Supporting your family is also a mitzvah, by the way. But wants to say, lavad Hashem. It doesn't contradict. Lavad Hashem could also mean the mitzvah of supporting your family. But lavad Hashem also includes everything that's avedis Hashem. Supporting your family is also keeping Shabbos. There's educating your children. There's your own serving Hashem. So the Parnos allows you. Now why does he add Berevach? Because a person without any secular wisdom can... Let's see, a lot of people who have not studied it at all. They don't even know how to add or subtract. And they can make a Parnos. Bedeichik. But in order for them to make more, there they have to study something. They have to know, take a class, take a course. That's why he has Berevach. Because even, even for that reason, because you could argue, you know what, who says you need to live comfortably? Just live by the minimum, so you don't need to know any wisdom necessarily. al Rebbe is saying, no, we're talking about, doesn't matter, you're studying the wisdom, but it's because Parnosa Berevach, so you should be comfortable in order to serve God comfortably. So that's included in something that you are elevating and directing the Chachmet, the with secular wisdom, toward a divine end. Going back to the whole logic of it. 
What was the problem, as we discussed, if a person doesn't direct it, is that you're distracted. You're sent to this world 24-7 on a mission, an astronaut in space on a mission. Here you're the astronaut on Earth to transform this world. When you occupy yourself with secular wisdom as an end in itself, you're busy studying, let's say in this case, how to shovel, or for that matter, more subtle or more sublime wisdoms, but it's not directed toward your mission, that's the issue. But once it's directed toward the mission, and even if it's berevach, we're not saying that you need to satisfy yourself and just have the minimal amount to support yourself, even if, even if it's to have a comfortable life, but you've aligned it. You're using it for that reason, to support to, the Hispanics, to, 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 um, to earn a, a, a livelihood, so you can worship God properly and serve God, then, then, it's, then it's aligned. Then it's acceptable. <clears throat> now remember, another key point to remember in this, or maybe this is the key point, when you're comfortable in your livelihood, you're also more comfortable and have more time, a little more relaxed, to serve God in a more, in a more peaceful way. What is the Rambam right in Hilchus Tshuva and Hilchus Malachim about why the Chachamim, why did they desire Mashiach? They should have a, a peaceful life without distractions so they can completely focus on learning. Similar idea here. That when it's Berevach, then when you, so, you're, so then you can learn in a deeper way, you can spend more time, you can give more tzedakah, you can do a lot more. When a person is barely making ends meet, yes, they can survive. So the, basically, the reason that you're trying to be comfortable, have a comfortable living, is in order to be able to serve God better. And even that's considered studying secular wisdom, beheter, in a way that's allowed, like we said, heter, in a, if and that's not, uh, that is muter, which is unbound and untied from, from, the, from, from chitzenim. Asur, isur, is asur bideh chitzenim. It's bound and tied up and locked up, trapped. Here, it's not trapped because you've directed it to the right place. Okay, that's one scenario. Then the Alter Rebbe continues. Oi, or a higher level, another higher way where you can direct wisdom, secular wisdom, toward Kedusha, toward holiness. Someone who knows how to utilize, utilize secular wisdom and direct it. Well, let's not say directed. That's not necessarily the right word. How to utilize secular wisdom in the service of God, or his tailor. So here, it's not just a spade that's being used to shovel. And once you shovel, then you make money from that. And that money can be used to make a better living and therefore have a more comfortable life. Or the spade is shoveling the ground in order for you to be able to plant something there. Whatever the purpose is, that's a means to an end. Here we're saying furthermore that you're actually using the wisdom in the service of God. A person learns, for example, astronomy in order to understand the laws of Kiddush HaChedush. That's a perfect example for this. It's not the only example, but it's an example. Oyle Seirose, to clarify something in learning. You have the Gemara stories of people, Tanoim, that went to study uh, with a shepherd the nature of sheep in order to understand laws of kashras. 
You can't, we, so there is directly, the mom is directly is being used for teda. So it's not just a means in order to make a good living, a comfortable living, to be able to serve. The, the wisdom itself is being used toward that end. Toward what end? Toward serving God or understanding his teda or the terose. Another example is studying, let's say, uh, secular eth- ethics or law. And from there you derive certain uh, certain ethical uh, and moral principles. So that doesn't mean you can't get it from Taylor, but you're getting it from a secular place, but it's used directly toward becoming a better person. So that's another example to, of, of, of something learned directly to help. But the Alter Rebbe also used the word sheyadeya lishtamsh which comes to tell us that not everybody can do this. What I just described is something that is pretty common. But someone who knows how to do it, means that they actually are immersing it and they have a capacity to show how that wisdom, you're actually deriving a wisdom of Torah in it. There are people, for example, that are college graduates in physics or other sciences, and then afterwards, or even during their studies, they became professors and they kept showing how these ideas in science are actually help explain an idea in Torah or in Chassidus. That's someone who's particularly trained that way. Not everybody can do that. So the first step, the idea of studying secular wisdom as a kardim lachtachba, like a spade, that we see all the time. But the Yedeel Ishtamish is already a deeper understanding of people that are more able to achieve that. Now it's case by case, obviously, but the Altareb is laying out all the scenarios here. And obviously, the more that a person is dedicated to godliness, the more when they st- the secular wisdom comes their way or they study it, the more they're able to directly use it, like he says, la Hashem, or the teirose, or the seirose. And that's why the Alter Rebbe then concludes and says, v'zeh taime shal harambam, harambam, v'harambam, zechrenim levroche, and this is the reason that Maimonides, the Rambam, and Nachmanides, the Ramban, of blessed memory, and their adherents, who immerse themselves in secular studies, their immersion because they knew how they were Yedeya. So in that itself, there's a higher level. There's a way of, like I said, that is pretty much accessible to all. But there are those that And that's why the Alter Rebbe brings explicitly these names. I mean, you have every doctor you can say. Any doctor who uses medicine toward what? Toward helping people. So that's an element of using it toward Avedis Hashem. But Yedei Elish is deeper than that. 
it's specific people who, especially on this level of learning Torah, Rambam and the Ramban, and similar to, and, and their adherents that can achieve this. So here we have how secular wisdom can be directed and aligned. First, the first option, the first oifen, the first way, through for parnosa berevach, comfortable livelihood in order to serve God, or directly that the wisdom itself is being used for serving God or for uh, or understanding Torah. There are more scenarios which we'll talk about, but with that we conclude Pedichas in Tanya. And with that we'll say have a good tevach. Go to tanyaapply.com where you can find all the previous episodes of this Tanya. Being that it's a uh, night of slichas, everyone have a good gebenched yar, a healthy year, shana teva masuka, ksiv v'chsim teva, and a year of gula mitiz v'ashlema. Be well. This has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapplied.com for archived classes and more resources.